Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to have you back again. Today, we have a special podcast. I have my daughter, Megan, here. Hi. So we're just we're going to introduce her in just a second, but I wanted to say thank you and hello. Welcome to the podcast. Um, we have decided that today we wanted to talk about raising strong and submissive women. And so I thought that I would bring my strong daughter here on the <laughs> podcast today because she is, what do thank we call you? you? Sugar and spice. <laughs> yeah, we call her sugar and spice. We've called her sugar and spice since she was a little girl because she yeah. is very sweet. Everyone knows Megan is a sweet, sweet girl. Um, and she lets those who are close to her see the strong side of her from now <laughs> to then, right? And um, so we're going to talk about what it means to be biblically strong and biblically submissive in today's crazy world, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, so it's going to be fun. But I did want to just encourage you guys and thank you so much because we have been um, looking through your reviews of the Courageous Parenting Podcast on iTunes, and I'm just blown away. I spent some time reading through some of them recently, and I just i am so thankful for you guys because there are days when I need the encouragement too. I'm just like you, and it's, it is an encouraging thing to know that there are other parents out there that are parenting correctly courageously that are on board that are we're it's like we're running the race together like-minded parents purposefully raising courageous Christian kids for an uncertain world. And so if you haven't yet left us a rating, if you just, it's super simple. If you're on iTunes, you just go tap, tap, and you can give us five stars. That would really mean the world to us. And if you have some time and you want to leave us a review, we love that too. We always like to share them. And um, if you leave a review and you want to share that on social media, make sure you tag me at courageous.mom or Isaac at courageous or at resolute man. And we will reshare your post on social media as a thank you for joining us in this movement to impact 1 million legacies. So, okay, let's dive in. Raising biblically strong, submissive women. This is a big topic. A lot of people Mm -hmm. don't like the word submission, (laughs) right? And actually today with feminism, what it is today, the word strong is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? Boss babe. Girl power. I mean, yeah, the future is women. You see all these kinds of things everywhere. Yeah, and it's not right. I mean, like with the girl power saying, and the women is, are the future, like yeah. the church, God's church is the future, not girls. Like it's, <laughs> we do need guys in order yeah. to procreate, right? Like if it was, if women were the future, wow, we'd oh, be done for we'd, in we'd one generation. <laughs> 
true. That's true. So we we thought that we would start out this podcast sharing with you what the Webster's 1828 Dictionary definition of strong and submiss- submission is as well. Mm-hmm. And so, Megan, why don't you read to us what Webster's Dictionary says about strong? Okay. Strong. Having physical active power or great physical power. Having the power of exerting great bodily force. Vigorous. A strong man will lift twice this own weight. Oh, okay. So that's funny. Wait, okay. So you guys, when oh. we were out and we were talking about this, we Googled what the definition of strong was just mm-hmm. on Google. What did we find? We found an example of the definition strong, and it was like example of a woman. Being strong, cutting through the water with her yeah, strong arm. so like feminist. I'm like, why would they say she instead of like he, he she, she, it, it or right. something like that? Oh, that's so funny. funny. We actually said the exact same thing at the same time. (laughs) We're kind of alike, if you can tell. Um, But in all seriousness, like this is interesting because the dictionary we're using is from 1828, Mm -hmm. right? We're in 19, we're we're, we're not in the 1800s anymore. (laughs) So look at how different it is. Here it's using an example of a man. man. Being strong and in In Google. (laughs) It's a woman. (laughs) Yes. Okay, anyway, continue reading. Okay. Having physical passive power, having ability to bear or endure, able to sustain attacks, not easily subdued or taken as a strong fortress or town, ardent, eager, and zealous. Okay, so I love this because when you read the Strong's definition, the second one that you had there where it said having the ability to bear or endure. Mm. That is a character quality or a physical quality that we would want our daughters to be able to bear or endure things, right? Because life Mm. is hard. Yeah. You're going to go through trials at some point, right? Mm. And so we want to be able to bear burdens alongside our husbands when we're married, right? And when before you're married, you want to be able to handle trials as they come, right? Yeah, you need to support your husband. Right. And before you're married, you need to be able to stand strong in the Lord mm-hmm. and in his might, right? And so there is this element of strength in the definition that she read that, of course, we as Christian women do want to raise strong girls, strong daughters. I also like the other definition that you had there where, can you read this one again? Able to sustain attacks, not easily subdued or taken as a strong fortress or town. Okay, so that actually reminds me of Ephesians 6, which we were going to be reading later in this episode because being able to withstand attacks, isn't that what we're all called to be able to do as Christians? Mm -hmm. Stand therefore in in the in your armor, right? Mm-hmm. And we need to be able to do that. So we have to raise our daughters to be able to do that as well because they're definitely gonna experience the attacks of the enemy. What oh, does first yeah. Peter say, right? The devil's like a roaring lion prowling around looking to see whom he can devour. So of course we need to be able to stand strong against the devil's schemes, for like sure. in Ephesians 6. Um mm-hmm. and then eager and zealous. Like we want to be zealous for the Lord. Right. So those are good aspects of being strong. But let's just talk for a second about like the cultural things that we see. What what do you think the worldly idea of being a strong woman looks like today? Rough, mean, loud, loud, like even yelling. Right. Like, yeah, like a strong woman is like, go you like routing in a game and like loud and just crazy and like whoa she's a strong woman uh that's not biblical (laughs) yeah it's interesting when you think about how 
strong women are portrayed like in media, right? We think of protests or, or different mm. women, right? Who are like forcibly trying to make their opinion known loudly, yeah. right? Or even brash, vicious, like cursing, using oh, yeah. foul language, um, which isn't okay for men or women, but we're talking specifically about raising strong daughters. And so those aspects of, uh, of what the world thinks of as, oh, she's strong or she's domineering, she's mm -hmm. forceful. Those aspects of being strong are not biblical aspects of being strong, right? And so we're going to go into some scripture that talks about strong too. But before we do, we thought we would also share the definition that's uh, in this definition. dictionary. Yeah. All right, All right. So. Submission. The act of submitting, the act of yielding to power or authority. Surrender of the person in power to the control or government of one another. Mm -hmm. Acknowledgement of inferiority or dependence, humble or suppliant behavior. Acknowledgement of a fault, confession of error. Obedience, compliance with the commands or laws of a superior. Resignation, a yielding of one's will to the will or appointment of a superior mm -hmm. without murmuring. Enter the cheerful submission to the will of God as a is a Christian duty of prime excellence. Okay, it's really interesting that it's talking about this is a Christian duty of prime excellence yeah, written this is in the dictionary. dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why I love it. Webster's 1828 dictionary, because oftentimes it does actually refer to scripture yeah, and Christian awesome. duty. Um, but in there, we're actually going to be reading some scriptural verses today that refer to submission or submitting to authority that are for all Christians, regardless of if you're a man or a woman. And why it's important that we would be cultivating a spirit of the ability of respect and reverence and understanding where authority is and the ability to submit to authority. This is something that's not super common today, actually, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you think about other kids and there's like two different pendulums, we were talking, Megan and I were talking about this, right? Um, in the world, there's these pendulums of parenting. Right. And one side is extremely permissive. There's no boundaries. They don't have authority as parents. It's parents who are only friends with their kids or that's their preference. Right. To be mm -hmm. viewed as a friend. Never say no to your kids. All of these kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. And that can lead to all kinds of breakdown. Right. Mm -hmm. For that child that's raised in that kind of a home. Because they never learn what it means to be obedient, to be respectful, to honor authority, um, to be able to obey laws. Like, mm -hmm. can you imagine driving? You're learning how to drive, right? And oh, yeah. Like, thinking about not even paying attention to the speed limit. <laughs> like, who cares about the speed limit? <laughs> right? Like, I, yeah. so it's interesting because right now there are not kids that I, I don't think kids actually think that way when they're learning how to Probably drive, not. Hopefully even not. if they're, they wouldn't get their driver's license if they did. Right. Yeah. And so there is a need for kids to be able to submit to authority and be respectful. Right. And it comes into play in so many examples. Driver's license is just one. Speaking of which, you're going to be getting your permit soon, huh? Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it would be kind of fun for you guys just to get to know Megan a little bit. So, yeah. So, Megan, how old are you? I'm almost 15. And you are obviously one of eight because we have eight kids. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you wind up in the lineup? I am the third oldest. So I have five younger brothers. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. 
Six brothers total. Yeah. So one older, mm-hmm. five younger. So you grew up playing with some of them because, I mean, like, Drew's only 18 months younger than you. But you also have, like, Solomon and Eli who are... I'm more than a decade older than them. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. More than a decade older than both. That's really true. And so you have learned and been learning, Mm -hmm. right, what it means to be an older sister who is strong and biblically submissive at times, right, to your parents, but also like how that plays into your relationships with your brothers. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. So stay tuned for that. Um, But Megan, why don't you share with um, the audience, what is your idea of what it means to be a submissive daughter? Well, to not rebel against you and dad Mm. and to listen to your authority be modest, to have self-control, and yeah. to be a learn about things and have a teachable heart. Oh, yeah, that's good. The teachable heart thing. We definitely focus on that like your whole childhood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we? Yes. we do with all of the kids yeah. because it's against human nature to have a teachable heart, mm-hmm. right? It's our flesh that we want to rebel and be like, no, I don't want to listen. Right. And you yeah. mentioned self-control, which is another mm-hmm. really good ping word for being strong because it actually takes strength to be self-controlled, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people think of like, submissive women as like humble, quiet, or maybe even sheep, like, oh yeah, not leading and just like, okay, I'll do whatever you say. Like we, like a doormat. Yeah. So the word submission has gotten a bad reputation, definitely, especially in the world. But it, that reputation of the the world's reputation of submission has seeped a bit into the church to where it's not like a common discussion word that people feel comfortable talking <laughs> about among women, right? Yeah. And um, it's interesting because whenever I, your dad and I do podcasts on things, one of the or we'll like do an Insta story and say, "Hey, ask us anything." Guess what topic we get asked about the most is actually obedience, oh. which. Unless a child is willing to submit to the authority in their life, they're never going to be yeah, you obedient. you have to submit. Like, that's the first step. Right. Like, you have yeah. to submit your will in order to obey. Right? And so you've yeah. got all these parents and many of them women saying, hey, how do I get my kids to be obedient? Mm-hmm. But yet they don't want to talk about them needing to be obedient to God or be Ooh. submissive to their husbands, which is just interesting, <laughs> right? That is interesting. Yeah. So... I think that this is a relevant thing to bring up because when we're raising daughters who are the future leaders who are raising our grandkids, because you're going to be raising my grandkids someday, right? (laughs) I know. You're like, it's like a decade away, mom. (laughs) We still dream about it, don't we? Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I love that you're excited. But I think that it's really important that in this conversation – that we just encourage moms to realize like, yeah, you have a two-year-old girl, but realizing she's going to be a future wife and a future mom most likely. And so, um, but even aside from that, Mm -hmm. what is our first goal? That you would be submitted to God. Yeah. Right? So He's our number one. That's right. He's our number one. And and that is, that's what Jesus models for us, actually, right? Yeah. He submitted his will unto the Father when he was on the cross. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about raising strong, submissive women, 
biblically strong, submissive women. It's, it's not about like, it's not just that we're raising women who are going to be, yes, we want them to embrace scriptures, biblical roles. Yes. As moms who are biblically parenting, we want our daughters to be able to stand strong against the wiles of the devil, the temptations of the flesh. We want them to be able to discern false doctrines, right? We need to be equipped for this world we live in. It's Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and so that takes education. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. And so there it is important that we realize that the choices that we make are either going to equip or leave our child or daughter um, potentially prey to the culture or to the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for that perspective, for the legacy perspective, but it's also important for salvation. Because when it comes to submitting to the Lord, that's ultimately, that's what we're doing when we're born again. We're saying your will be done in my life, not my will. Just like Jesus did on the cross. Like when I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, let your will be done. I want your will and I want you to heal this. But if it's your will not to do that, that's okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that it's an important lesson that we learn that submission, it should not be a topic that we avoid with our kids, right? If we're talking about obedience, that is a form of submission and it's a healthy form of submission so that our kids can actually submit their wills to God when they get saved. Right. And, and it's every day after it's not just this one time thing. It's every day. God wants us to. So we have a verse that we want to share with you in James chapter four, verse seven, Megan is going to read this to us. Go ahead, sweetie. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and later rain. Mm, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. We have to be patient about that. But um, it also says, so in, I think that was chapter 5, verse 7. We're supposed to be reading chapter 4. It's good to be patient, (laughs) but we should read from chapter 4, verse 7 in James. (laughs) we're trying to listen to therefore submit to god resist the devil and he will flee from you there There we go therefore that that does make a lot more sense so what's interesting here is this is not just a verse for women is it he's saying therefore right and what's interesting whenever there's a therefore we have to look up above it and go what's this therefore right Mm -hmm. and in verse Six, it says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then it says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And what's interesting about this is that when you submit Mm -hmm. to something, Mm -hmm. that is um, usually only able to be done when you're not arrogant and prideful. Yeah. Right? Like if you're arrogant or prideful, are you going to submit? Yeah, because when you're wanting not to submit, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm better than that person. I don't need to submit. Like that's full of pride. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then we have Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your Mm -hmm. souls as those who must give account. Yeah, so this is another scripture that's talking to both men and women. It's actually speaking specifically about overseers in the church and being submissive to them. So this is just another biblical reason for why it's important that we learn how to submit. And there is the truth is is that in today's society, there is an independent, autonomous, individualistic nature 
to, especially to Western culture, like people want to have their name on it. They want accolades. They want a platform. They want their name known. They want Mm -hmm. all these things, right? Mm -hmm. Which is about boosting up their self-esteem or egos, right? Yeah, when we're supposed to make him known. That's right. And so when you you really understand that the Great Commission, Mm -hmm. then you know your real purpose in life. And you understand that your purpose is actually to make God known mm-hmm. and to know him better and to make disciples and to be baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you know the Great Commission and that becomes your purpose, then pridefulness can no longer be a part of your agenda, mm. right? And and to submit to that, that actually is an action call. The Great Commission is calling us to be actively submissive in laying down our agendas and going, what God wants is to be glorified. And what I'm here to do is to help that, to further the kingdom. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. And so why don't you read from us in Romans chapter 13. We're going to read verses 1 through 7, um, which I love this because it starts out saying, let every soul. Again, it's speaking to all people. Go ahead. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that are exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring, bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you Mm. also pay taxes, for they are God's minister attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom taxes customs, sorry, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. I love this passage of scripture because a lot of people forget that one aspect of showing respect for authority is that you are rendering what is due to whom what is due, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so like um, we do CC and yeah. Luke is in essentials right now. And always like the first or second week, the tutor always goes over what plagiarism is. Right. And having a healthy fear, understanding that there's something called copyright laws and plagiarism and it's important. And they they teach the kids how to rewrite their papers and to cite in a bibliography what they're supposed to cite so that the right people get the credit for their work, essentially. And this is a perfect example because they're teaching us to do that at 11 when when you're older, you're going to need to know that. Right. How being submissive to my parents is good now, but it's really going to be even more important in the future. Yeah, it's 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 one of those um, aspects of authority that a lot of people don't actually think about. Like a lot mm-hmm. of times God is calling us all to be respectful and submit ourselves to the authorities that God has placed in our lives. Mm-hmm. And if we're raising our kids um, permissively, right? Yeah. And we're not giving them boundaries. We're not expecting obedience. We're not um we're not making it known what our expectations are and then holding our kids accountable afterwards. And there's no like level of respect there because you're not an authority in their life. They may have a hard time respecting teachers. 
Sunday school teachers, babysitters. Okay, you're a babysitter. So you know what that's about, right? Like when kids are not respectful in the home to their parents, are they respectful to you when you come? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Not usually. And so it's, it's one of those things where it's important to teach your kids how to respect those who are in authority over them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they could get hurt or they like don't listen. And and then they don't go to bed when they're supposed to, and then they're cranky or they get sick. I mean, it really is a matter of like, what is good for them. And God knows that. So he put this in his word, but I, I want to go back to one of the most important reasons why we're raising our daughters is so that they can be ready for their futures, whatever God's will is for their life. But did you guys know that about 2% of women don't get married? Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's really cool. I mean, yeah. Wait. Well, it is cool because that means that 98% of women are getting married. Eventually, yeah. right? And so this was, a, I mean, statistics change all the time, you guys. But um, I found it really fascinating because the reality is that if we can, I mean, you, you don't know what the will is, that what God's will is for your daughter, right? I don't know what God's will I is for you. I don't know what his will is for me. Not, not for 10 years down the road. Yeah. When it comes to like specifics. I do know that God's will would be that you would follow him, that you would love him, that you would dedicate your life to him, that you would try to live biblically. That we know is a purpose that God's called us to, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as like who you're going to marry, if you're going to marry, when you're going to marry, I don't know those specific details. I I bet you wish I did. But but, That would be pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. But the reality is, is that what I should do though is be preparing you for that role considering such a great percentage of women do get married right and our and and preparing you to be able to be um able to cook and take care of a home and be able to take care of children um but you also need to be educated definitely right and so uh, there's the this extreme pendulum the next thing we want to talk to you guys about this is really really important because even within like the christian community there's like these two schools of thought when it comes to parenting and it's a pendulum if you will and on one side you have the patriarchal movement Mm -hmm. that's very um authoritarian and do as i say why because i said so and there's no real like sometimes it can become very legalistic and religious Mm -hmm. in a sense of like Mm -hmm. um do this because you have to, otherwise you're in sin. And there's sometimes fear-based parenting attached to it. Okay, that's one extreme. And then the other extreme is the permissive, which would be like... Passive and not giving authority to the kids. And like, yeah, whatever, you can go to that party. You can There's no boundaries, no curfews. Yeah. There's no like, no, you have to eat your food that is served. There's no, um, they just kind of, actually, it's more of a child-centric kind of a home if you're yeah. looking at it from a perspective with little children. But then as those teens grow up, they're very individualistic, very autonomous, mm-hmm. right? And those two pendulums are very dangerous. It's the ditches on either side of the road. And when we're trying to live biblically, what is biblical is actually found more in a balanced perspective, Mm -hmm. kind of in the middle road on this particular topic. And so um, I think that it's important that we recognize that on topics like modesty, for example, Right. Because a parents could have expectations for modesty. Let's just use that as an example. Right. For mm-hmm. girls. Because mm-hmm. um, you dress pretty modestly. 
Megan. And um, it's not really been an issue with us. And I would say it wasn't ever an issue with Kelsey either. And I get a lot of moms asking me questions about where we get your clothes. And it used to be more so when you were like 10 to 12 years old, that's a hard age category to find modest clothing. Yeah. I had a really hard time with that. (laughs) It was difficult because they were, they, they were making like adult women styles, but for 10 year olds and they were more immodest. Mm-hmm. It was difficult. Um, and so we were really careful about that. And we talked about it often. But there was never like any forced, like, no, you, you can't wear, wear this. this. And stuff like that. And it was like, do you like this shirt? Do you feel comfortable wearing it? Mm-hmm. And I was honest with my mom. I was like, you know, I don't feel comfortable wearing this. It's showing to my skin. Or mm-hmm. I love this shirt. It fits me perfectly. I feel confident and it's cute. Yeah. And we would also talk about like um, even just what wearing that means for brothers in Christ. Yes. We want to make sure that we're not tempting them to sin and to look at me in a different way that's not okay and disrespectful. And we also want to respect ourselves and respect Mm. our bodies. And God created our bodies and we're supposed to respect our holy temple and keep Mm -hmm. it holy. And to be able to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, right? And that even is in regards to modest. Now, people have all different ideas of what modest is. Modesty is like a spectrum, right? And some Mm -hmm. people may say, if you wear pants, you're not modest. And other people may say, you know, you have to always wear a skirt or, you know, and, and then there's other people that it's like, that's not their expectation of modesty at all. And so there's this huge spectrum, right. Of what modesty can be, but we're not here to talk about that, about what is modest, what isn't modest, but what we do want to impress upon you, if anything else, is that you are able to cultivate a desire in your daughter's heart to want to be modest before the Lord, that it's not this like hard conversation. Yeah. And most girls want to just draw attention to themselves and they're looking for, you look so pretty. Oh, they're looking for accolades. Yes. Yeah. Um, Compliments. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it can get too far and the parents choose not to care about it and think it's just the stage they're going in when in their future it can become a a bigger deal. It could be yeah. a bigger deal. That's really insightful. I think that um, a lot of parents, too, they don't want to pick that battle, right? Because maybe they have had some other battles with the kid that mm-hmm. specifically, and that can become a really sad, hard conversation to be constantly picking that battle. And so, um, you know, I've been really blessed by our relationship in that. Um, but we have had our times where, um, like, You've come to me and asked for my opinion on something and I give it. And then you're like, oh, I don't agree with that, mom. <laughs> yeah. And and so can you just share just briefly like what that wrestling is that you walk through? Well, it's more of me like, oh, I really like this outfit and I'm so happy to show it to my mom. I wonder what she thinks. But deep inside, I'm thinking I really want her to say yes. And if she doesn't say yes, then it's like frustrating and I'm like not happy yeah and it's not like necessarily on the topic of modesty either it's like like like, does this white shoe match this cream cream colored colored shirt shirt? and I'm like well usually people don't wear white with cream (laughs) and she gets mad (laughs) because I worked so hard to find a (laughs) shirt that worked with it and it didn't (laughs) yeah that's true and so yeah the the real struggles but in 
when it comes to most things, though, you have already in you a cultivated a heart that doesn't want to be disrespectful to to men, to mm-hmm. brothers in Christ, to your brothers, um, yeah. or or rebellious or come across as rebellious. Mm-hmm. And I just love that about your heart. And so Thank I you. think that um, as as a mom to another mom, if you're a mom listening, I would just encourage you to even have this conversation with your husband about like, okay, so do we have like this religious set of laws that our kids feel like they have to obey and check off the list? And then, or is it really like a heart conviction that our child has cultivated because they know the why behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you do the latter, parenting is going to be a lot easier as your kids get older because it's their conviction. And then you don't have to be constantly controlling it. Like, like I've never had to control. my house and like stuff like that. Like kids yeah. don't want to hear that. They want to hear what they want to say their opinion and they want to yeah. discuss it with their parents. And Yeah. So I think a lot of it is just developing and cultivating that relationship. So just be careful that you're not creating a religious heart attitude, but that it's a submissive heart attitude towards God's ways and that your kids know the why on topics Mm -hmm. like modesty, um, even music, what you're listening to, what you're watching, media, Mm -hmm. all of those things go under this category. It really is purity of mind and heart and soul and strength. It is. It really Mm -hmm. is. Um, And so we have a couple other verses that are regarding um, wifehood, biblical wifehood. Megan, can you just read um, verse 22 is fine. Okay. Ephesians 5 verse 22. Right here. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And then we have another one as well um, that talks about submission to husbands. It's in Colossians, I believe. Um, But, you know, when we're sharing these verses about wifehood, I just want to point out to you that it is a biblical command mandate challenge for women to have this heart attitude. And it's not like you can just flip a switch and all of a sudden have a submissive heart. It's actually something like Megan used the word teachable heart a little Mm -hmm. while ago. And I think that having a submissive heart attitude or heart posture is something that has to be cultivated. And it's going to be easier for your daughters to be walking in that biblical role if they start young. Yeah. Right? So teaching them the why. So would you share the next verse in Colossians? Colossians 3.18. Why submit to your own husbands as... As is fitting in the Lord. As is fitting in the Lord. And so this is something that God is calling us to. And then we have another verse for you as well. Um, In 1 Peter chapter 3, um, verse 1 through 7. You can just read the first verse though. Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Interesting. So it's talking about conduct. And we were actually Mm -hmm. just talking about modesty, which is an action. It's a conduct, right? And so there are many different conducts that could be talked about in this particular passage. And this is actually a scripture that you can teach your kids when they're younger because relationships are a huge deal. Okay. Yes. Um, We are women. We have relationships with one another as mother and daughter, as friends, right? With Mm -hmm. other women. Um, And to have that ability to be a biblically strong but submissive woman is very powerful in all of our relationships, Mm -hmm. but especially in our relationships with the men in our lives. Yeah. Right. And you have many men in your life. Many brothers. <laughs> you have many brothers and you have a dad. And um, 
one thing that I we thought would be really powerful for you guys to share when Megan was younger and actually when Kelsey was younger too, we had this conversation where we encouraged the girls to be aware of how they were talking, their tone, their mm. body language, and what they were saying to their brothers. Yes. Um, would you like to share a little bit about that? Yeah. So you have to be really careful because you want to encourage your brothers because that can really help them in the future to build their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And my my words can be pretty powerful sometimes. I need to be aware of that. Every girl my age needs to be aware of that. And every girl from ages like four till forever (laughs) yes (laughs) and like we need to be really careful because we could easily tear them down and we need to encourage them or bring them up like oh good job you did really good with that you're getting really good at reading and I struggle sometimes even with forgetting that sometimes I'm like oh I need to be encouraging yeah so and so having jobs with your brothers where you're partnered up with them Mm. like dishes Right? Like yeah. you're teamed up with the brothers. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're teamed up with a younger brother, like you are right now, right? Yeah. What can be the challenge for you? Well, honestly, slow. <laughs> Them being slow is kind of hard for me because I like to do things quickly with a good attitude. And I need to. Sometimes, and sometimes you move too fast for them and then they yeah. don't have a good attitude. No, they're like, I can't keep up with you, Megan. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> but but sometimes there's an element of like you're telling them what to do and they get frustrated. Yeah, right? and I need to rise them up so that they become the leaders, so that they can lead me. Even though they're younger, that doesn't matter. They need to have a good practice so that they can learn how to lead their wives and their children. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So one of the things that we have been holding you accountable since you were really little is just mm-hmm. even like, and not having the bossy big sister type yeah. of thing. Because there is that element, especially with the younger boys, because you were babysitting them where you are the boss yeah. sometimes. Like we leave and we're like, Megan is in charge. Yeah. She's I, the boss. Obey Megan, right? And then you yes. have to shift to being an equal. And- <laughs> yes. But I also still want to keep that sister side where I'm yes. not just like, do this, do that. Right, and right. And I need to show them that I'm not like, because Drew's 18 months younger than me, and that's not that much of a distance. And so yeah. now that we're older, I don't even like babysit him, basically. Yeah, or no. Luke. It's just like, hey, could you help me with this thing? And so we're like, a we're team. helping each other. Yeah, we're a team. So that's really awesome that you shared that because – that is actually essentially what we want to be sharing and teaching our kids is how yeah. to work together as a team because if they have this individualistic my agenda approach to life imagine approach. getting married mm-hmm. right and then they're yeah. like enemies instead of working together as a team yeah. and so this is really like a boot camp for you within family to be able to be better prepared for your future which is exciting mm-hmm. but i think that there's an element that people often forget about raising strong daughters i think that it is important that even though w- we're saying we, we should be wanting to raise them to be strong, right? Um, but not strong in the cultural, worldly idea of strong that we talked about earlier, but more in the biblical sense. And so you have a couple verses. One is in Joshua 1, nine. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love that verse um, because it's actually, again, to everyone. Mm-hmm. But that right there just shows one element of like God wants us to be strong and of good courage, which, you know, honestly, like we talk to parents about raising confident Christian kids for an uncertain world. Yeah. Yes, 
the world is getting, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's so uncertain. Like there's crazy things happening every day. Yeah. And we never expected things to be where they are socially, politically, um, with different agendas and mm-hmm. and making certain things okay that were not okay when I was a kid. And so I can't yeah. even imagine what it's going to be like in another decade or two decades, right? And so we need to raise you guys, daughters included, to be strong so that you do not become deceived by the world or the world's agenda, right? Which takes yeah. being educated, actually. And, and, and in many different ways. In what are some the- of your favorite things that you love to study? In school? Oh, yeah. Or just in general that we talk about as a family. Well, I love listening to current events. Like whenever mom and dad tell me new things are happening, I'm like, oh, tell me more. I love listening and learning. It's really fun. And I think my favorite subject in school is probably literature. I like to write. Yeah, it's It's good. But you never know what God is going to use those gifts for or those interests. And so I think that it's um, really cool that you're interested into those things. And the best part is that if we raise as courageous parents, courageous moms, if we raise strong, courageous daughters, they're not going to fall for the phony guy that's weak in his faith. Right? Because the the most important things that we've taught you as far as the most important decisions is one, following the Lord, right? Right? and to who you marry, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's going to determine your future. And so we want to raise strong daughters who are then looking and have a standard of having a strong husband, right? Mm -hmm. And that is going to make a massive difference on the legacy of raising strong. Well, they would be my grandkids, right? And so we have this vision and we talk about this vision with our kids too, so that they have different expectations and they're not just falling for um, the worldly Mm -hmm. um, thing that might look attractive on the outside, but isn't really worth much when it comes to like real wisdom and and leading a godly life. Um, So Isaiah 40, 29 is another really important verse that I wanted her to share with you. Just 21? Uh, 29 through 31. Okay. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love that verse because it just shows what God wants for young people. He wants Mm -hmm. us not to find strength in ourselves, but strength in the Lord. And... You know, there are many verses in the Old Testament and the New Testament that talk about the strength of the Lord. Um, But one specifically is, um, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And another is in 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God doesn't want us to be full of fear or mm-hmm. lacking intelligence and being deceived and falling away. No, he doesn't want that. He's giving us encouragement in other places. So Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, so that was one of the verses that we were just mentioning. And then we have one other verse for you guys too, which is in Ephesians 6.10, which, you know, this is the passage that's all about the armor of God. Go ahead and just yeah. start it. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so God commands us to be strong, Mm -hmm. right? But it's what we focus our strength in that's important. And 
I think that we as women in mm-hmm. today's world need to be aware of the deception, the temptation of our yeah. flesh to want to be strong in and of ourselves and want to express strength in ways that are worldly versus in ways that are biblical. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that God asks us to show our strength is by having emotional self-control. Another yeah. way is by having um, self-control over our mouths which is a hard one for a lot of women, right? Because <laughs> I love to talk. <laughs> I do too. Um, another would be even having self-control, taking control over our thoughts and every thought, not just our thoughts, because mm-hmm. the Bible says, take every thought into captivity under the obedience of Christ. Yeah. So these are elements of having self-control that we need to teach our daughters, but they're only going to be able to do that if they are strong because it takes strength to be quiet and mm-hmm. let someone else and be speak. submissive and not be prideful. Right. And mm-hmm. I even think of the verse that says, be slow to speak and quick to listen and slow Loading. to become angry. Yeah. And I, I just, what a huge gift for a child to be tr- trained in that ability to be slow to speak, mm-hmm. quick to listen. It's not all about them, right? There's self-control yeah. assumed there. Listening They've, is a big part in conversations and relationships. It really is. And I I think that in order for your girls to be equipped for this next world, Mm -hmm. we have to be proactive about teaching all of these elements of self-control and strength, but also giving them the the perspective that they have massive influence, that they set the atmosphere of a home, that they have influence in their friendships, that they have influence even when they are being quiet. There's a power in a in a strong quietness, right? And mm-hmm. that there's power in humility. Um, and the last thing that I just wanted to encourage you guys in is this concept of just reflecting on your own self as a mom or a dad. Am I modeling for my children what I want for them? Am I submissive? Mm-hmm. Am That's I good. submissive to God? Am I submissive to my husband? Am I, am I submissive to authorities? The authorities yeah. God has given me. Do I give honor where honor is due? Do yeah. I pay to whom they are due, right? And yeah. do I teach those things to my kids or do I do them in such a way where they don't really see it so they don't learn it? Um, but then also like, why are we raising our daughters? Mm-hmm. Are we raising them for the right reasons or for for the wrong reasons. reasons. Yeah, the worldly reasons. Yeah. And um, this this can make a huge difference in future generations. So I just want to thank you for joining Megan yeah, and I. Thank you so much. And I hope that you find us on Instagram and connect with us. We'd love to hear more. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.